I want to welcome you to another Pod for Israel and I have with me again Dr. Eris Soroff. And we are at the very end. We just finished Sukkot. Right. And so uh, today is a very special day. Today is the prayer for the rain. So as we're looking at these holidays, we want, want to dive into three really big themes of Sukkot and what did I, what was God actually trying to communicate through this holiday? What are the main points that he's trying to tell us about? Yeah, and, and you know, I think in, 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 the, um, in the case of Sukkot, like so many other topics in the scripture, God is talking to us not just through a single passage, but through right. various passages that shed light from different directions. And that's and, and they're not con contradictory, but yeah. rather they complement each other. So, um, and as you said, we, we want to talk about those three reasons. Yeah. And the, the prayer for rain, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in a second. But the first reason of why, why even Sukkot is to remember. Mm. And God is, is telling us in Leviticus 23, um, you know, where he talks about the different appointed days that um, Sukkot or Tabernacles is the last day. You're going to gather, you know, you, some, some special uh, fruits and, and plants to, to be a, a, a physical remembrance for God's goodness. Yeah. And God says in this passage, in verse 43, he says, So that, or for the purpose of, that all your generation will remember mm. that I have put you in boots when you left the land of Egypt, when I led you out of the land of Egypt. And as people, you know, we forget. If, yeah. if uh, everybody else is like me in a lot of ways, we just forget where we come from. So, and, and, you know, in our case, in the modern day Israel, all of our families came from somewhere. Right. And particularly in the early days of the state of Israel, um, you know, it just, we just didn't have housing. Right. For all the people that came. And so I remember that um, when my brothers and I were younger, my, and, and in the Feast of Tabernacles, we always build, you know, a sukkah, a, a, like a temporary tabernacle type thing. And yeah. we wanted to sleep there in this net. And my mom would rem remind us that when she and her family, she was a child, a young child, when they immigrated to Israel, there was no housing. I mean, there simply were no apartments. Yeah. So they lived for th two or three years in like a temporary housing thing, when basically a tent. A tent city in a way. It's yeah. a tent city, it's, that's what wow. it was. And she was like, well, you guys think it's fun, it's fun <laughs> to sleep in the sukkah for a week, but let me tell you, in the winter, it was no fun. And when we finally moved to an apartment, we were like so happy, and so you guys, you know, she tells she tells my brothers and me, you grew up in an apartment and in a house, and you have your room, and you forget. So that's, um, I think, kind of human nature. So just the remembrance part yeah. is uh, very, very important. And, uh, you know, I often think about that in uh, a passage, passage I really like, and I, I like, try to read it several times a year in Deuteronomy 8. Uh, so these are verses 11 to 17. Mm -hmm. And God is speaking directly to the human nature. And he says to the Israelites, remember, don't forget who you are. Don't forget your God. And, yeah. um, you know, when you come to the land and you build nice houses and you plant vineyards and you enjoy the fruit right. of the land and all the goodness and blessings, physical blessings and comforts that God is blessing you, beware, be careful, lest you forget the Lord your God. And you mm. say, oh, it's my wisdom, my strength, you know, that that I have all this. And I think that's something very uh, uh, we can say about human nature. Well, God said it 4,000 years ago. Yeah. But human nature is the same. Culture and technology may change, but human nature is the same. And that's something we 
um, need to take to heart. So the remembrance part is, is um, you know, is significant. And for your family, it's like you guys yeah. actually did remember. Your, your mother actually remembered those That's cold right. winter nights right. in, the, in, the, in the tents. And, and it's like, you know, we kind of we think about the wilderness wanderings. We forget the hardship that they went through. Sure. It was not, you was know, because Sukkot, this is kind of the best time of the year. You know, I mean, right now sure. we're in the 70s. It's no longer blistering hot. You know, it's it's starting to cool down. This is like the camp. This is the camping season. Yeah. And so God, thank God, He said it in this time. The appointed time of Sukkot wasn't in the dead of January or February. That would have been brutal. Well, and, and right around this season as well, um, you know, one central thing that is more of a tradition. You know, yeah. it's not really a, a, a biblical command per se, right. but is, is, which is today, is the prayer for rain. Mm. And um, Shemiyah Zeret, right? Huh? Shemiyah Zeret, yeah, exactly right. And, um, uh, well, you and I talked about this previously, and you, you mentioned the pour, the pour down. And, oh, uh, yeah, it was amazing. You know, like we talk about, you know, pray for the, for the early rains, you yeah. know, and, 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 and so that's what this holiday is all about. Well, this year we got early, early rain. And I remember it was right before Sukkot, we had just some clouds come over and my kids were like, Daddy, it's sprinkling. And I went outside and we're all just like, eh, just ecstatic. And we're like, yeah, standing in the rain. And it was amazing because you could hear through the whole neighborhood, people shouting, people celebrating. Just it, crazy to think of. But if you live in this country and you yeah. go through these brutally hot and completely bone dry summers and you finally get the rain, it was like you could hear through the whole neighborhood, people blowing a shofar, people shouting, people, you know, kids celebrating for the first rains. And then in the middle of Sukkot, and I felt bad for those who are sleeping in the tents because we had a downpour. Yeah. And which, again, is quite rare. You <laughs> know, that's why we have Shemini and Zerah is because right. it's, it, you know, it's not guaranteed you're going to get rain even right then. It's it. it it's actually you're really having to trust God that the rains will come in their time. And and I think that's and that's another thing again to remember our dependence on the Lord mm. and how rain even in modern day Israel you know when when we um what you call the process that you take uh, salt water and you uh, a desalination right. plants yeah those so, are big and now. A, a portion of the water in Israel is is desalinized mm -hmm. uh, but still you know we are super dependent on rain and I keep keep being reminded on Deuteronomy 11, mm. you know, in Deuteronomy 11, verses 10 to 17, God is saying to the Israelites, the land that you're coming is not like the land you've left. It's not like Egypt. There's no right. great river. You know, in Egypt, you, you, you plant the field and then you take the bucket, you know, you take it out of the river and you water it. It's not like yeah. that. You water with your feet. <laughs> exactly. In Israel, it's not like that. Mm -mm. He says, um, it, it's kind of difficult to translate, but I guess something like, uh, it, it drinks water from the rain of heaven. And, and God is saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this land throughout the year, and rain is really a spiritual bar barometer. Right. So if you follow, you know, if you remember me and you follow me, I'll bless you with rain. But if you're not, then I'm going to stop the rain mm. as, as a discipline to, to, that you come back to me. And, um, you know, it's just still amazes me how in this day, in this age, we are so dependent on rain. And I think, you know, the, 
the story you shared about the people in your neighborhood is super typical. It's yeah. happening like that still in, in modern-day Israel all over. And so Sukkot reminds us of that. Well, you also even think of, it's kind of the curse of the plenty. Like the curse of abundance yeah, actually yeah, yeah. is a real thing. Exactly and you look right. through the judges, Absolutely. you look through the, even the story of like the northern tribes versus the southern tribes. And, and in a way, Dan and these northern tribes, if you go up north, you see that it's not just that, like they have not just the Jordan River, but they have springs all throughout, right. bubbling up, flowing out. And so I guess in a way, they were shielded from the effects, but it only hardened year, yeah. their heart. And so sometimes being shielded from persecution can actually be, we have to check ourselves that our hearts aren't shielded too, our hearts aren't hardened to God because that's a real danger. Absolutely, and, that, and that's kind of takes us exactly, that takes us to the second point of Sukkot yeah. and say, why Sukkot? To reflect or demonstrate or show the goodness of God. And we read in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 13 to 15, God is saying, you make the Feast of Sukkot for seven days as you gather your grain and your vineyard and you'll rejoice in, in your uh, celebration. And then God says, who's going to rejoice? He says, you and your son and your daughter and your slave and your maidservant and the Levite. The Levites didn't have, you know, they're working in, in, in God's mm -hmm. house and so they were dependent on the people. And the foreigner and the orphan and the widow that is in your gate. Yeah. And um, you will celebrate uh, seven days and you were just, you know, merry or glad or rejoicing. And um, the point is, I think, is that kind of as we, as we zoom out, you know, you have the Day of Atonement, which is a mm. national day of repentance. So, so you repent on your national sins. Right. And then right after, a very solemn day, there's a several, I mean, the biggest, you know, celebration right. that lasts seven days or eight days. And everybody's involved, even the yeah. people that don't have means and that are usually in, you know, uh, the, the kind of the sides of society, the weaker in society. Israel was to reflect God's character and include everyone. And I right. think that, I mean, it still happens, you know, when, when you invite people to your sukkah and you share yeah. and, you, and but ultimately this is kind of helps us gaze forward to the, um, the kingdom of the Messiah. We're gonna talk about that in a moment, but the millennial kingdom where the Messiah himself is reigning and you know, there's, there's, and, and there's justice and peace for all type right. thing. And in a sense, uh, that's part of it. We were talking earlier, and you're talking about over and over and over again. You read, you know, there's these three different spots where we're seeing this this appointed time right. mentioned, and in a way, it's like in stereo. It's like you're exactly a little right. bit more, a little bit more, and you're 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 gaining more insights and more aspects to the you know exactly. facets to this uh, time. But rejoice. How many times is it said over and many, over again? Many, many times in these passages. So it's, it's key, but the rejoicing isn't complete unless you're bringing others in. Exactly. It's not just to rejoice for yourself. It's not just to celebrate just with you and your inner circle. Like, and this is not just, this is here. This is repeated in the prophets. It's, you know, this is the kind of fast. This is the kind of festival I want is to bring in the orphan, to bring in the widow. And, and even I was... Reading through, or we're going through the Bible with my family, and as we're going through, even in these seemingly dry parts of the Torah, it's talking about with the sacrifice. Like you can, if the sacrifice is, you know, of a thank offering, you have to eat it within the first two days. 
And if you don't, well, it's an abomination that has to be thrown out. In a way, it's it's not just the legal of like, don't have old meat, but it's saying, well, the logical thing is bring, bring people everybody in. So they can, hey, yeah. come on in. I got enough beef to go around here. <laughs> it's right. a holy barbecue. Well, and, and you know, it kind of always reminds me of what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, when it says, well, if you only, you know, love your loved ones, yeah. you know, well, what are you any different? Yeah. You know, Don't and, the and sinners do the same? Exactly right. So yeah. that's, I think that's uh, maybe a play off on that. Mm-hmm. Now, the third reason of why Sukkot, why the Feast of Tabernacles, something very, very important, is to come back to focus on the Word of God. And uh, we see that in Deuteronomy 31. Moses is talking in verses 10 to 13, and he's saying, uh, initially says every seventh year in the Shemitah year. How do you call it? Shemitah, yeah. Yeah, Shemitah, how yeah, do you call the, it? Which is the Sabbath year. The year. Well, it's like the Sabbath or, or the, the, the the year that you withdraw all the debts type thing. I mean, that's Oh, Jubilee. the year of Jubilee, of yeah, course. Well, that's, yeah, well, that's the seventh uh, Shemitah. Yeah. But the point is, it says all of Israel need to come to the place that God will choose, you know, ultimately the temple. Yeah. And um, you will read the Torah, the Word of God, in their ears hmm. all day. And he says in verse 12, uh, I'm sorry, yes, verse 12, and gather all the people, the people, I mean, the men, the women, the children, the foreigner in your gates, get all of them. Why? So that they will hear and so that they will learn and fear the Lord your God and keep all the, that, um, you know, uh, the, the the word is is saying you and your sons that have not heard will have a chance to hear. So there's there, the Sukkot is talking to us about a, a regathering yeah. of the people of God right. to hear the word of God. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think, I think we, we kind of goes back to what we talked previously. We, we lived in a blessed generation. How many Bibles does each one of us have? I mean, we have a lot of Bibles. Right. And not just in our phones, but also physical Bibles in our homes, in our living That's room, right. in our bedroom, in the car. And we, I think, still need this reminder. The human heart still need this reminder of, well, we come back to the centrality of the Word of God. Yeah, And, um, you know, again, we, we talked a little previously of, of, well, should believers in Christ that are not Jewish, should they celebrate Sukkot, commemorate Sukkot, even, 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 even think about Sukkot? Right. And, and, and to me, it's related. And the short answer is, well, as, as a follower of Jesus, as a Christian, well, you're not obliged. Yeah, you don't have to observe to say but i think we have to study it and that's the point yeah and that kind of goes to our view of scripture yeah exactly and, and and if you as a christian hold to a high view of the bible yeah you know in paul's words all of god's word yeah all of god's counsel is edifying and important and 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 something that we should be aware of right then that's those parts of the bible definitely need to be studied as well and they offer so much depth and and this is the way the father has decided to to help us train our children to train the next generation to pass down these truths and you know one of our family traditions which is actually really they're even traditional today in most of the sukkahs around israel is they'll decorate but they don't just decorate with you know nice doilies and you know lights but you decorate with uh artwork you know drawings with verses you know you're supposed to actually like we actually you know had our kids make like little paintings and stuff of biblical stories you That's know of cool. the tabernacle of daniel in the lion's den of all these different 
amazing times of God's salvation, of his, uh, you know, heroes of the faith. And so we're decorating the sukkah with these stories of the word of God. And so you're immersed in there. And it was, you know, we've had guests over to our sukkah this year and it's like, well, they're walking into that little art exhibit, you could say. (laughs) And it's awesome because our kids just love it. I mean, there's so many different aspects, but God's wanting to pull us away from our normal, right? And just think of how strong of a vacuum that is to to suck us away from God's word Absolutely. with our busyness. You know, e- even think about the parable of the seeds. Remember, one of one of the seeds that was in the bad soil was choked by the choked. cares right. of this world. Right. And I think with these appointed festivals, God is saying, "Come away to me. Stop what you're doing." Right. And come to me. Zoom out and and, and, and remember who you are and where you yeah, come from. Type exactly. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Remember what I've done for you. Remember, yeah. remember, remember yeah. what I've done for your forefathers. And I would say even for like for the Gentiles is to remember that that's that's us there. And if and if it wasn't for the wilderness wanderings, where would Yeshua be? Where you know we where would our Messiah have come from? It's all a part of that thread, and we're connected grafted into that thread as well. Amen. And and ultimately, you know, um, I think all those aspects of, of Sukkot, or the Feast of Tabernacles, point us to the time, the season, that the Messiah himself, Yeshua himself, will be the king of the entire earth. And there are Amen. several um, key passages in, in uh, the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament that talk about it. Um, I particularly uh, like and and would love to read, maybe you can read uh, from Micah chapter 4. Micah chapter 4 and verses 1 to 4. And it kind of builds on other passages in the Bible where the geography of Jerusalem is changing and and the Messiah is physically coming back to earth and, you know, every eye sees him. But here it is. Micah 4. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion the law shall go forth, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples and rebuke strong nations afar off. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But everyone will sit under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts is spoken. Amen. So, again, a reminder for us, the biggest human expenditure on the planet is on weapons, various kinds of weapons. Oh yeah, by far. And the day that, you know, the earth becomes once again a theocracy, Mm. you know, that God is the king of the earth. Right. There's no more of that kind of spending. And, you know, the the amounts of effort and, and I'm not just talking about, you know, financial resources, but human resources, you know, and uh, human effort, human thought, and suffering, all that. And, yeah. So all of that is um, directed to, you know, again, it's becoming, you know, uh, plowshares and it becomes, uh, 
what you call it when you things when you, for life. Imp- yeah, exactly. For, implements for life. of death become implements exactly of life. Exactly right. And and that is the yeah. day that we look forward to. And that's the day that on an annual basis, Sukkot is reminding us yeah. there is an eternal home. The Messiah is coming back. Yeah. And um, you know the fact that he's been patient, as Peter is telling us, is. He's just been patient. He's giving us a season of grace yeah. to share the good news with others. And again, just want to encourage all of our listeners or people that watch us. This is a season of grace. The mm-hmm. door is open. Amen. Our role as priests of the new covenant is to invite people in. Only God can change the heart. Amen. And they, they need to make the decision whether to come or not before Amen. him. But we can give the invitation. And that's what Sukkot is reminding us. And we think about this piece. That verse right there is hung up you know uh, chiseled into the walls over in the united nations but here's the key it only comes through the prince of peace there's no No leader or human effort that will ever lead to this other than our messiah yeshua so lord we just ask that you would lord in this season of grace that you would bring people draw people near to your heart draw them near to your salvation that they would come to the scriptures and discover Yeshua, that they would come and see the Messiah, that they would see your love letter that you've written, and that they would receive your Messiah into their heart. And so, Lord, we're just asking for for our people around the world, for for the Jews and Gentiles around the world that would hear this message, Lord, that they would have their hearts drawn closer to you, that they would be drawn out from their daily grind of life and that they would draw close near to your Holy Spirit. We pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. If this touched your heart, will you help pay it forward so that others can hear the same message of life? Partner with our team to bring the gospel to Israel and the nations.